all good morning. I hope you all had an amazing Thanksgiving. Um, yeah, Thanksgiving. Um, for those of you who are wondering who I am, my name is Graham. Um, I'm on the leadership team here at Wellspring, and I'm excited to give Jason the weekend off with family. And I'm more excited to close out our series, Glass Half Empty. Over the last several weeks, we've been diving into this topic of how when we change our perspective, we start looking through our life through the lens of Christ, we can have a glass half full perspective on life. So I hope you don't mind. I want to do a little bit of a story time before we kick off. Do you guys mind if we tell some stories? No. Well, you didn't have a choice anyway. But. <laughs> so for the first 12 years of my life, I was an only child. And I have to clarify only because in my notes I had written I was a lonely child. And Heather was like, are you trying to say something? Is there that? I had friends. It was totally fine. Um, but for the first, I was a only child. And that wasn't for any intentional reason. My parents wanted to have more kids, but for numerous reasons just were not able to. And what that did is that process led us to adoption. And on the screen, you'll see a picture of me and my brother Gavin. I met Gavin when he was seven months old. Uh, my family and I went up to the Mammoth Mall and met his foster mom in uh, the food court there. And we got to spend about 20 minutes with Gavin. And uh, he was the cutest little kid then. He's the cutest kid now. Don't tell him I said that. He'd be really upset. But uh, it was an amazing experience. And then afterwards, we went to the Chick-fil-A in the food court there and sat down with family and said, is this the right decision? Is this what God wants for our life? Is, do we want to make Gavin part of our family? And unanimously, we voted yes. And the rest is history. And the cool thing about being the age I was is, is I was young enough that we were still brothers, that we wrestled and had fun. I even changed his dirty diapers, which was super gross. But we were able to grow up as brothers, but I was also old enough to watch the process. I was old enough to watch the process of my mom and dad taking in someone that, that wasn't there by birth, but was there by love. And I know some of you have people in your life like that, that maybe they're not family by birth, but because of the relationship and the love that they've, they've shared with you, that they are just as much as family as some others. I'll never forget the first, um, one of the moments growing up, is I was, I've shared this before, I was an overweight kid growing up and got bullied a lot. And after the fight was over and I dusted off my knees, what my mom would say to me was, Graham, you're a Wilson. You are your father's son and you need to hold your head up high. And I remember as a little boy the power in that. What that taught me is that my identity meant something. And that what my identity to who I was and, and who, my place in the world, that I needed to respond differently to the relationships I had in the world around me. But I will never forget the day that I heard my mom say that to Gavin. That whether Gavin was getting picked on for the color of his skin or because maybe Gavin happens to be a little different than everyone else, my mom looked Gavin in the eyes and said, Gavin, you are a Wilson. You are your father's son, and you need to hold your head up high. And do you understand the power in that moment? That in that moment, I knew that Gavin had access to everything. He had access to the legacy of my family and the heritage of my family. He had access to the love and dignity and, and, and relationship of my father and my mother and me. And because of that relationship, my brother and I needed to respond differently 
to the world around us. That because the love and identity of my family, our family, every morning we needed to put on something new in the way we interacted with people. Which leads us to our big thought for the morning is that our gratitude leads to attitude. That our gratitude leads to attitude. That who we are should determine how we react and respond to the people around us. That for those of us that have said yes to a personal relationship with Jesus Christ, that our lives are now with him and that calling, we have been called to something new and to something better, and that is the purpose and mission of Jesus Christ. That we need to live differently and let our gratitude for Christ set a new set of behaviors for us and the way we interact in the world around us. Um, this morning, I'm excited to dive into a portion of scripture from the letter of Colossians. Um, Colossians was written by the Apostle Paul about 60 years after Jesus rose from the dead. And while writing this letter, the Apostle Paul was in chains in a Roman prison. And uh, this letter called Colossians was written to a church in Colossae, and this church was a brand new church. A brand new church filled with brand new Christians trying to figure out how this thing works. How do I take the gospel? How do I take Jesus and apply it to my life in a real way? What do I do with it? And Paul shares some insights with us on how we have a glass half full perspective on life and how we let the, our gratitude for the gospel propel us in the way we interact with the people around us. So uh, you can follow along on the screen. You can also use the Wellspring app. And we're going to start in Colossians chapter 3, starting in verse 12. And it reads this. Put on, then, as God's chosen ones, holy and beloved. And we're going to stop there. Number one, our identity redefines our worth. Our identity redefines our worth. Church, there is something powerful being said in this small little verse. And as followers of Christ, we have a tendency to read Scripture and just blow past things. Just read through it quickly and not understand the implications of what's being said. What's being said in this verse is that God's chosen you. God looked at you and said, you have value, unbelievable value. So uh, we just passed Thanksgiving, and uh, for a lot of us, Thanksgiving is a great time. A great time with family and food and Black Friday shopping. It's great. But for some of us, Thanksgiving can be a difficult time, can it? You know, you're sitting around with family, and you know, maybe you have conflict. Again, next series is Forgive or Fracture. You know, some of us have conflict in our families, and we're like, oh, this guy's here. You know, some of us have comments being said to us that are bringing up these inadequacies that we have, these self-perceived inadequacies. I mean, have you ever been in this moment where you're sitting down at the, the Thanksgiving table and you're passing the mashed potatoes and your Aunt Susie says to you, um, hey, are you married yet? Oh, you're not married. Huh. Do you have kids? you have kids yet? Oh, you don't have any kids. Interesting. Did you get that promotion? Oh, you didn't, you didn't get the promotion. Oh, you never had a promotion to begin with. Oh. 
Did you graduate school? No, you didn't graduate school. Oh, you went to that school. It's going to be rough. Oh, he left you? And you're a single mom now? Wow, it's going to be tough for you. And we're sitting down at that table and letting these inadequacies flow over us. God, do I have value? Why am I here? I don't understand my purpose. And in this moment, what this verse is teaching us is that God looked at you and said, you are loved. Listen, if you don't get anything else out of the sermon this morning, you need to hear this, is that God looked at you and said, you are loved. That you have unbelievable value. And so much works and so much value that Christ literally could not handle being without you. That he sent his son to die for you, knowing that you might not love him in return. There is power in that. And you need to hear it. Paul also says in this verse that that you are holy, that we are holy people. And what the word holy means is that we have been set apart, okay? And set apart isn't some self-gratification thing. It's not this like, oh, I am awesome and something to boast about. What this is mean is that God has set you apart to be put on mission and been given a purpose. And that purpose is the mission of Jesus Christ. As followers of Jesus, we have been called to go somewhere, not stay somewhere. Holy means we've been set apart for something new and for something better. And that's the purpose and mission of Jesus Christ. Jesus has chosen you for himself to propel you to change your world. And sometimes your world may be your kids. Sometimes your world may be your, your, your spouse or your parents or your coworkers or community or your school. God has chosen you to propel you to change the world. So the question really for us is, is, are you bold enough to act? Are you bold enough that as a follower of Christ, you've been given this purpose and mission, are you bold enough to act on it? Let's continue. Verse 12 again. Put on then as God's chosen ones, holy and beloved, here it comes, with compassionate hearts, kindness, humility, meekness, patience, bearing with one another, and if anyone has a complaint against another, forgiving each other. As the Lord has forgiven you, so you must also forgive and above all put on love which binds everything together in perfect harmony. Number two, our identity redefines our love. That our identity redefines our love. What Paul is explaining in these scriptures is that our attitudes, that these attitudes, these attitudes of love and compassion and kindness and gentleness and forgiveness, these are the correct responses to our new identity in Jesus Christ. Why? Because these are the identities and attributes of Jesus. That is the why. Listen, we have been deemed holy in the eyes of God and out of that thankfulness, out of that gratitude for what he has done for us, we need to live a life that resembles Jesus. But listen, these are attitudes that don't come easy. And these are attitudes that we have to put on daily every single day. 
Have any of you ever been on an airplane? Okay, a few of you. Um, I personally feel like uh, flying on an airplane is the closest you get to the raw human experience of how awful people can be. That's just my personal opinion. Um, but recently, Heather and I just got back from a trip from Italy, and I was sitting on the plane preparing this very sermon, okay? And I had my iPad out, and I was reading scripture, and I was studying that those of us that are followers of Jesus Christ, our correct response to our relationships is compassion and kindness and forgiveness and meekness and humility. And the reason we show those things is because of our gratitude for what Christ has done for us. And while sitting there, I had my iPad, and I had, you know, the little tray table, and then the, the, you know, the stewardess comes with the little food tray, which what she tells you is food, I guess. So you're, so you're sitting there, and I had my little iPad, and my little tray of food, and I had my little glass of water, and then all of a sudden, the guy in front of me decides to launch his seat back at what I consider light speed, and I'm sitting in there, my tray jiggles in the water, and all of a sudden, let me just say my attitude changed. And I can say that what happened inside would have been resembled the Hulk mode. Now listen, I'm British, so that means I keep my emotions on the inside. So my face was flat, like no one knew, but on the inside, oh my word, I was ready to kill this guy. And in my head, I started thinking, how do I make this guy's flight as miserable as possible? So I was thinking, you know, maybe I'll dig my knees into the back of his seat. Or maybe when I get up to go to the bathroom, I'll grab his headrest and shake it! <laughs> Crazy. Now you might be thinking to yourself, who is this guy? And who is this monster that's speaking to us today? You can talk to Jason next week, he can let you know. But listen, in that moment, I was immediately convicted because moments later, his wife leans over to him and says, Honey, I know you're not feeling well. Please just lay your head back. The flight's almost over. It's, it's, it's just going to be a little longer. Just please just sleep it off. I know you're not feeling well. And in that moment, I missed it. I missed it. Living like Jesus is a daily choice we make. It's a daily choice we make. These attitudes are something that when we look at our closet in the morning, we're saying intentionally, I need to put on compassion today. I need to put on gentleness. I need to put on meekness. I need to put on forgiveness. I need to put on love. And then that leads us to the process of saying, Jesus, I can't do this on my own. God, I can't show this kind of love. Jesus, help me more, be more like you. Help me be more compassionate like you. Help me be more forgiving like you. Because our identity in Jesus redefines our love. But listen, don't we tend to keep going back? Don't we keep going back to an old life that's dirty rags of self-centeredness and self-focusedness all the time? Along with our new identity in Jesus, we have been given a new set of behaviors. Why? Because so we'll look more like Jesus. That when people see us, they no longer see us, but they see Jesus. Now, I love verse 14 because it's the defining verse in this scripture that, that sets the course for us in our new life in Jesus, and that's this. And above all, put on love which binds everything together in perfect harmony. Here's the meaning. That those who are loved by God need to be loving others. 
that those who are loved by God need to be loving others. And listen, we cannot truly live out these attributes of compassion and kindness and forgiveness without love. I mean, have you ever experienced fake compassion? You know, someone comes up to you and is like, hey, how's your day going? Oh, man, you'll never, I got in a car accident this afternoon. It was really rough. I'm sorry. Oh, that's, that's terrible. And then five minutes later, that person's over here. Did you hear Joe talking about the car accident again? I mean, why does that guy just get over it? Listen, love changes that. Love changes that. The gospel, Jesus says in the gospel of John, by this all people will know that you are my disciples, my chosen people, my holy ones, if you love one another. Listen, love is the key attitude that waves the banner that our relationship is with Jesus. And love allows us to have a glass half full perspective on life. Recently, I read a book by Andy Stanley called um, Irresistible. And in it, Andy poses this question that has rocked my faith ever since in such a beautiful, beautiful way. And that's as followers of Christ, we are called to love others because Christ has loved us. And this question is, what does love require of us? What does love require of me because of what Christ has done for me? What did love require of Christ? Why do we show, why do I show love and compassion and kindness and forgiveness? It's not because I want to. That stuff's hard. But I show those things because that's what was required of Jesus for me. These are the attributes that were required of Jesus for you and for me. And love also doesn't allow shortcuts. Love doesn't allow that person off the hook. You know, Graham, you don't understand. You don't understand that person over there. Unlovable. Can't do it. Graham, they don't look like me. They don't dress like me. They don't worship like me. They don't love like me. Maybe even they hurt me. Can't do it, Grant. Listen, these excuses don't work with this kind of love. Because deeper love was required of Jesus, which means deeper love is required of us. As we finish out verse 15, and let the peace of Christ rule in your hearts, to which indeed you were called to one body, and be thankful. Let the word of Christ dwell in you richly, teaching and admonishing one another in all wisdom, singing psalms and hymns and spiritual psalms. Songs. And with thankful hearts in, to God, and whatever you do in word or deed, do everything in the name of the Lord Jesus, giving thanks to God the Father through him. Number three, our gratitude redefines our effort. Our gratitude redefines our why. Our gratitude is the starting point of living out this new life in Jesus. That if we don't fully understand the gospel and the implication it has for our life, we're going to miss something so beautiful. And that's that the gospel isn't about just what happens to me after I die. 
But the gospel is for right now. The gospel, gospel compels us out of the sacrifice and gratitude. Jesus, thank you for dying on the cross for my sin. Thank you, thank you for taking the sacrifice. I know I'm more than a mistake maker. I'm a sinner, Lord. But thank you for dying for me. Out of that gratitude for Jesus, it compels us. Because of that love we were shown, I got to love back. I got to love. I got to show compassion. I got to show humility and kindness. I, this isn't natural for me, God, but because of what you've done for me, I need to love like you. That is what the gospel does. The gospel doesn't allow us to push a pause button on our faith like Jason talked about last week. It doesn't allow it. Because our faith, our life needs to continually point to Jesus. There's no room for a pause button. And that the way we show our love and gratitude for Jesus, the way we respond to the people and world around us. Over the last several weeks, um, these verses have really challenged me personally. Challenged me in a couple ways. One, that I have been claimed holy from the beginning. That we have been claimed, the minute we said yes to a personal relationship with Jesus Christ, you were deemed holy. And that the reason we show this love and compassion and kindness and gentleness isn't because I want more love from Jesus. I've already been deemed holy. I already have it all. But the reason we aim to live like Jesus is because of the love and the sacrifice and out of gratitude for what he's done for us. That is our why. And that at the end, that I can sit in this room just like you and raise my hand and say, I am grateful. I can sing about Jesus. As we close out our series, Glass Half Empty, um, my question for you is, are you ready to live a life worthy of your calling? That we have been put on mission for something new and for something better, and that's the mission of Jesus Christ. That out of the gratitude that we have for what Christ has done for us, are we ready and willing and bold enough to say, Jesus, I want? Jesus, I want to love like you. I want to show compassion like you. Yes, it doesn't come natural to me. Yes, this is hard for me. God, you don't know what they, I know you know what they did to me, but this is hard. But Jesus, I know. I know what I did to you. I know I sent you on a cross. So I'm going to show love to others. Are you bold enough to act? The mission of Wellspring is this that we exist to ignite a craving for Jesus by relentlessly loving our community. Why? Why is that our mission? Because we are a church that understands and out of the gratitude we have for the gospel, it propels us to live like Jesus. It propels us to love like Jesus. That is our why. That is why we love the community. That's why we do these CKAs. Because of the gratitude we have. Thank you, Jesus. I want to love like you. Jordan's going to come up in a little bit and lead us in a time of communion. You've got a little communion cup on your way out. And I mean, what better way to take a moment to be grateful? To take a moment to understand what, what the gospel really means for me. That, God, I thank you for dying on the cross. Thank you for breaking your body. Thank you for shedding your blood. Jesus, thank you. I'm just going to be grateful, Jesus. Thank you. But my challenge 
this week and this morning is this. As I was reading this scripture, there were people in my mind that I wasn't showing that kind of love to. There were people in my mind that I didn't show that compassion to. God, I didn't show that, I didn't show that kind of love to. The love that you're talking about here, God, I didn't do this to that, that person. And my guess is this morning is that that person has been in your mind too. So here's my challenge. Um, maybe, and listen, I'm going to use a Jason phrase called embracing the awkward. Maybe right now, you need to take out your cell phone. You know the person. And just say, hey, I love you. Hey, I know we haven't talked in a while. I know the last time we talked, I didn't show you some love and compassion and understanding and meekness and humility. I'm sorry. Why? Maybe not because we want to. But listen, the gospel needs to propel us. That our gratitude for what Christ has done for us needs to propel us into action. We have been put on mission. We have been given purpose, and that is the purpose of Jesus Christ. And he has given us a list of tools of how to do it. So this morning, are you bold enough to act? So what I'm going to do is I'm going to close in prayer. and maybe, I'm going I'm to allow this, okay? Maybe while I'm praying, you can open your eyes. No, no cheating. You, know? you can open your eyes, and maybe, maybe while I'm praying, you need to send that text message going to be hard. What are the repercussions? I haven't talked to the person in a year. But are you bold enough to act? The journey starts now. Let's pray. Dear Heavenly Father, I thank you for you. I thank you that in a moment we are going to take some time to remember your sacrifice, God. God, a sacrifice that we didn't deserve. But because you couldn't handle not being with us, you died in our place, God. So Jesus, I'm thankful right now. And God, I hope that and I pray that this gratitude that I have for you, God, is going to propel me to love like you. But my prayer this morning is for the people in this room, God. I know there were people in my life, and I'm sure there's people in their lives, God, that they haven't shown this to. And they need to put on something different this morning. They need to put on that love. They need to put on that compassion, God. And my prayer this morning is that they'll be bold enough. Yes, it's going to be scary. Yes, but you have their back. And God, they will understand that they have been put on mission to reach people for you and to love like you and to show compassion like you and to forgive Thank you, Jesus. Thanks for joining us today. If you'd like to stay connected, go ahead and subscribe to our YouTube channel, follow us on Facebook or Instagram, and if you would like to help us with our mission of igniting a craving for Jesus by relentlessly loving our community, you can find the link to give and all the other ways to connect with us down in the description box below.